Welcome to the Irish Tech News Podcast, where we will bring you some of the most interesting interviews and features from the world of tech. Visit irishtechnews.ie and check out our podcast section to explore all of our previous episodes. You can subscribe to our podcast using whatever your favourite app or service is by visiting anchor.fm forward slash irish-tech-news. I am Marietta and this is the new episode of the Irish Tech News Podcast. And today I'm joined by David Means, who is one of the creators of the Mini Mutants project. I'm not sure how many of our listeners are aware of what the project is all about. So David, can you please tell us more? Yes, of course. So first of all, it's a, an NFT project, which is, means um, non-fungible tokens, which um, is a sort of a spin-off of the uh, cryptocurrency um, blockchain on um, on um, Ethereum. So it all sounds quite complicated um, and it's quite a new technology that's, uh, that's really taken off. So really this summer, um, non-fungible tokens have made headlines and news all over the place from people selling works of arts for, for multiple millions. But essentially it's, a, it's a, a record that can't be edited or changed that allows somebody to say this image or this piece of digital art is owned by a certain individual. So that's kind of the background. And Mini Mutants is, um, is, a, is a collection. And you have on these blockchains, you have art um, that are maybe single pieces or maybe just a few. And a big trend is collections. So these are huge where people will have maybe 10,000. So Mini Mutants is a 10,000 collection where there's 10,000 um, small, chunky, uh, cute, pixelized monsters or mutants, I think is the best way to describe them. And everyone is, is different. So it's 10,000 unique um, individuals with different character traits that, that people can collect and have a record on, on the Ethereum blockchain that they're the owners. So what about the team? What do we need to know about the mini mutants creators? I like, um, I like computers since the age of nine and I'm 48 now, so it's quite a long time. And I've had internet connection I think I've probably near the beginning, really. I had my first internet connection in 1992. And so I've always been into technology and, and computers. And um, yeah, it was just during this summer, the, the amount of news stories that came up with, with NFTs that I thought this looks a really interesting technology. And, and the idea was really spawned in a, in a car park. Um, we were sitting in the car with, with, with my boys. Uh, my wife was uh, was was away on an appointment so we were waiting for her and I was reading the news on the BBC and, and another NFT story came up and I thought this this looks quite interesting and I showed it to my my eldest son Cameron who's, who's only seven and uh, and he thought it, it looked quite good and he had the idea of making a collection with monsters so we decided when we got home that we would make a start on it it was the end of the school summer holidays and it's very hard to try and work and look after children so I thought this is a perfect combination where I could get the boys involved of, uh, of helping design these these uh, creations and NFTs and um, I could still do some work and they could be involved and kept busy so that's how it how it kind of started as a as a fun sort of project and then and then it's grown from there. I know that you are trying to raise money uh, by selling these NFTs and donate it to multiple charities. But I was going to ask, was that the initial idea of creating the mini mutants? Yes, I think initially it was really just to, to get them in, get the both boys engaged in something that they could do um, during the summer. And I think, I think it's very important 
I mean, they, they learn a lot of things at school these days, but I think anything that you can do with computers at an early age is, is, is really good for the future. So, um, no, I thought it would be good to keep everybody busy. And then, and then after that, once we created the collection, then it was, it was really just to put my marketing hat on then, uh, rather than my technical developer hat of how, how we can, we can make the most impact with these, how we can get them known. So then the idea of working with charity is it came up and that influenced some of the design of the, of the mutants. So we created as sets that fitted into different sporting traits because that gave us more flexibility uh, to looking for um, endorsers in the future. So we've got footballing ones and swimming ones and, and tennis ones. So you're trying to raise a million pounds. Is this right? Do you think that's achievable? That's right. Yeah. So I've assigned um, a collection of 200 out of the 10,000 for charitable causes. So with the quick maths, we need to do about 5k per per sale. And that's the that's the target uh, that we've set. And um, yeah, I mean, some of the our collection is only small and it's it's just starting out. But the collections that have been around six or seven months um, can really generate large, large volumes of sales. I guess some good examples, I mean, with Mini Mutants is a long way from some of the, the big blue chip NFTs, but the one that's trending at the moment this week, I mean, it's a very dynamic market, is the Bored Ape Yacht Club. And these NFTs are um, apes with various similar things, a collection of 10,000 with, with different traits. And if you want to buy the cheapest uh, Bored Ape today, I just looked before we we started, um, it's about $200,000 for, for one. So just to get that into context, that's $200,000 for one picture that's just a, a JPEG. It's beautifully designed, um, but the, yeah, the, the market is, is big. And, and within that, that particular um, area, that particular collection, it's been around six months and it's done over $900 million of sales in that six month period with I think also the the last one they did 15 hours ago was over four hundred thousand dollars so we're a long long way from that kind of there but it shows the potential that trying to hit maybe five thousand per um, mutant is I think is achievable and our aim to do that is to uh, get some celebrity endorsement so the, the aim hopefully is that we can collect some autographs to add to them before they're sold um, so that they've got some sort of provenance to them to uh, to help raise the funds. Is it like a common practice to reach out to celebrities and um, ask them to sign these NFTs so you can get more money out of it? Um, I've not seen it. Um, it was a big market, so people might might have done it. But um, I think it's always good when you when you're creating a project. Some of the like the technicality of making the project not too hard. Maybe we'll touch on that in a bit. But it's um, the, the problem or the difficulty with any new project is how do you tell the world about it? You can create something like it. I have lots of experience of creating websites. And when you build a website project, it's like building a shop in the middle of the Sahara desert. Like you might have a wonderful shop, but nobody's walking past it and no one will come. So it's really, how do you get the entire planet to know about something that you've created um, on, online and I think celebrity endorsement is a is a good way to do it because the social um, media connections of, of celebs now is many many millions so 
the backing of one celebrity who's you know looking to raise money for one of their particular charities who will autograph one and then share it with their social connections is is enough to generate the volume of sales that we need for that particular charity um so i think doing that is really is really good way to uh, to generate momentum behind a project are there any celebrities that have already got back to you and uh, you know agreed to help with the initiative um we i can't contact too many at the moment because i need to get the like the groundwork done so um so really at the moment i'm trying to to build the number of of base sales before i can go to a celebrity and then say we sold this for this much could you do this and then you know we can we can work together so i've got some groundwork to do um getting the project out to as many people as possible and um, then i can start to approach and then i can build it from there because once i get one then it's easier to say to somebody else oh hi we worked with with xyz and we sold for this much would you like to do the same uh, and then it goes from being my technical developer hat to marketing hat to uh, to sales hat so you have to have kind of a broad uh, a broad reach so that will be later but because some of the mutants are mini mutants are themed then there there are particular targets that i have so there's a set of formula 1 uh, mini mutants i used to work in aerodynamics with a software company so i'm going to use those connections to uh, to try and get hold of some of the drivers for formula 1 there's a set of mini mutants that are um footballers and my aim there is to get a premier league team to sign it so there'd be one uh, one mutant per per player and i think that would be enough probably to generate all of the revenue that i would need for the charity charity targets and because they're all unique there's quite a lot of sort of personality traits you can find a celebrity and you can actually go through the archive of all of the mini mutants and find one that actually looks quite similar to that that particular celeb so i think there's quite a bit of fun there um and and some of them are pre-planned there's um there's musical ones that are singing um with hair like ed sheeran so that's done deliberately and we there is also one out of the 10,000 that's the most unique that has a striking resemblance to elon musk so that's done completely deliberately and you know if it can get an autograph from elon on that mini mutant then that would that would again reach a charity target probably overnight because one one vocal tweet about cryptocurrency with with elon on twitter is is enough to uh, to make all the headlines in the world do you have any previous experience in nfts or the mini mutants project is the first time you've tried creating some no this is the first um the first time um so the process if i sort of go into a little bit of of detail about that it's um it's not too sort of difficult it depends kind of what what aim you sort of going for so if you're a more sort of traditional artist and you're making um you know a collection of landscapes or portraits and you've got maybe just a handful maybe 10 that follow a theme like you'd expect to see in a traditional art gallery in town then the process is quite straightforward you obviously create your artwork you make a digital representation and then you upload it to an nft platform and the the main one the largest in the world at the moment is opensea but this changes sort of on a very rapid <laughs> rapid basis and it's very much like ebay you you can upload the graphic you write the description you set a sale price and um and then it's online and then it's really down to the marketing because 
the it's a busy environment but there's there's millions of of nfts on there so you need to to stand out if you're going for a collection then it's a little trickier because the volume that there's no way that anybody can sit down and create 10,000 um items for example is the mini mutants where everyone is unique and have to do that by hand because it would just be impossible so if you're doing a large collection then you need to have some experience of computer programming and you do that by building the 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 character in different layers and levels so you might build different body types different hats different glasses different shoes uh, different facial expressions and you build all those separately and then you write a computer program to stick them together uh, create the graphic write the description write all the metadata and then also make sure that every single one is unique and you're not making any duplicates. And then you end up with 10,000 files and a huge database, and then it's a matter of putting it online. And, and that can be tricky. I think when you start a project, I always think the best thing is just have a go. If you try and think about all the steps you need to do before you start, then you'll never get, you'll never get started because you'll worry about things later on. So. The nice thing with computers is you can't really break them. You just you just have to have a go. So I created them and then I've got 10,000 and it's like, oh, how am I going to put all of those online? And there's a, there's a couple of ways. One of them, you have to learn how to program contracts in blockchain, which would take a lot of time to really get up to speed and there's a lot of error. Or you upload them manually. But again, that's very challenging. But there are some neat ways you can kind of automate that, that process as well to have, have a hybrid approach. So I guess to summarize, if you're an artist with a small collection, it's very easy. If you're going for a very large collection, then you need to have some computer coding background to be able to, first of all, create the collection, and then secondly, be able to put that collection online. But the process is not as, not as complicated as you kind of, you might in, envisage it uh, to be. I remember in the previous conversation that you've mentioned um, you both appreciate traditional and digital art. Uh, I mean, uh, how is this possible? <laughs> and do you think that people are now more into NFTs um, instead of, let's say, physical paintings and stuff? Yeah, it's a good question. I mean, so for me, yeah, I've always liked I've always liked painting and drawing. Um, I went to some. I've always liked it, you know, as a sort of a pastime. But I. I went a few years ago, well, many years ago now, I suppose, um, to evening class to do art. And it was, I'd only ever done it at school before. And, um, you know, and you, I enjoyed it, but you're forced to do it. I mean, at school, you, you do it and you have to do it. Um, but to go to evening class and do art was brilliant. You know, it was lots of other grown-ups who wanted to be there. And it was a, it was a great environment. So we did um, portraits and um, drawings, uh, pencil drawings and acrylics and oils. And it was really good. I really enjoyed it. And so I've done a few um, sort of traditional um, uh, paintings and then the digital I, I really, I really enjoy as well. The nice thing with digital is that if you make a mistake, it's really easy to fix. If you've ever painted in water and in acrylic, that's not too bad. But if you paint in watercolours, that's the most stressful type of thing to paint in. As soon as you put that paintbrush on the paper, if you Got the, you don't know what the colour's like until you touch the paper. And if you've got it wrong, you can't get rid of it. You can't change it. And so you can be hours into a watercolour and think, that's looking quite good. It's looking quite good. And then you put one more thing. Oh, 
and yeah it's, it's difficult and very stressful so the digital world is a lot easier and will people take more of them up i i think so what what's quite interesting there is that when i was growing up um i'd have a i'd have a camera that would let me take 12 photos and i'd go to the zoo and I'd take the photos and then I'd take them to the chemist of all places and they would process the film and I'd get my photos back. Um, and it would be tangible. It would be something I'd hold in my hand. Um, but today that would just seem crazy to anybody that they would go through that process to get 12 photos. You'd use your telephone and, and have hundreds of a much better, better quality. So the idea of holding something that's important to you, that has value, that is not a tangible product, I think is quite quite normal um, today. So the idea of having an artwork that exists digitally, um, I don't think is very much different from holding all of your photos and memories either in a social media account or um, in, in a photo album. And you've also got the advantage that you can, uh, most of the NFT collections, they provide a very high resolution image that you could take to a printer's, print it, frame it and put it on the wall as well. So you kind of get, get both and then the real attraction with the nfts is that later on if you decide to to sell the, the nft it's very straightforward because there's already a lot of people interested in those some people see them as investments you may make a return the disclaimers you may you may not um but it's very straightforward to be able to list it again if you if you no longer want to have it whereas traditional art to resell i think is very difficult you could try and do it on eBay, but I, I don't think it's as, as easy. Someone's got to physically come and collect it. Um, so I think the attraction of NFTs, um, I think going, going forward will become, will become very popular. I could see people having um, their own art gallery digitally that their apps on their telephones would allow them to show work that they've got. Um, and so I, I think it's, it's interesting. I think, I think it's here to stay. You have said that um, getting started into the world of NFTs is not that complex, but can you please talk us through the process of like getting an NFT on the market and how's the value determined? Because I guess I can't just put a random piece of digital art and hope that I get paid for it, right? So the the process first of all, you need to um, you need to have a digital wallet, um, and this is something that stores all of your uh, cryptocurrency and it's a it has a an address that allows you to say that the nfts because the nfts are stored out there on the internet so they're they're on a, a blockchain technology that nobody owns but they're distributed across thousands of computers and the wallet has a unique number that will tally up to the blockchain to say that you own this piece there are lots of wallets on the market but for people to get started, the simplest way, if I just give you a step through is, um, and then anybody listening could just have a go at this. I mean, it's this simple. So you start with Google Chrome, um, you search for a plugin called MetaMask. That's one of the most popular wallets. And that attaches as a plugin to, to Google Chrome and you register with your email address and it gives you a password and it gives you a seed phrase and this seed phrase is lots of words i think it's about 12 words that you need to guard with your life because that's the only way that you can get back in if you lose it and you never give that seed phrase to anybody um so you store that somewhere very safe maybe print it out stick it somewhere share it with 
a few family friends, but keep it, keep it safe. And once you've got that wallet set up, you can then go to a platform such as uh, OpenSea or um, another platform um, called uh, NFTB. So there's a, quite a few of them around or Rarible. Um, and you can connect your wallet to that platform. It's very straightforward. It's just a couple of clicks. And then you're, you're set up. Then you can upload your work just as you would putting a listing on eBay and it's tied into your wallet. And when somebody purchases your work, then the funds are put into your wallet. And then you have an option then to be able to withdraw that back to a bank account or use it to reinvest in, in it or purchase in another project. And that's, that's it really. You need Google Chrome, MetaMask and go and visit OpenSea. And that's the, that's the process. In terms of value, it's really um, the large collections. I think the main thing that people want to do is just get the collection out to as many people as possible. If you can ideally get 10,000 people to own one of your pieces, that's 10,000 advocates talking about your project. It really doesn't matter the value of it. If you, if you sell them for a dollar or a pound, that's, that's totally fine because it's the momentum behind having that large collection that will help the value sort of find its place. The difficulty is on, on something more individual. Um, so you have to try and find um, like somewhere where you feel it fits. So I think if you went to an art gallery today and you wanted to buy a print, it might be one of 200 um, and it would be framed and it would probably be two to 300 pounds. So if someone's made something that's quite, quite unique, then you may be able to sell it for one or 200 pounds, just as you would with a gallery with the advantage of, of continual royalties uh, going forwards. Um, so that's it really. I mean, it's, you, you can, you have a go and you set the price. And if, if, if you're not finding buyers, then you can adjust it just as you can with, with any sort of online auction. Thank you, David. That was really informative for me and I hope our listeners enjoyed it as well. Thank you for listening to the latest Irish Tech News podcast. Check back every day for the latest episode. You can follow us on Twitter at Irish underscore tech news. On Facebook, facebook.com forward slash Irish Tech News. On LinkedIn, linkedin.com forward slash company forward slash Irish dash tech dash news. On Instagram, instagram.com forward slash Irish Tech News dot IE. And on TikTok, tiktok.com forward slash at Irish Tech News.